Good afternoon, you're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and this is Local Media This Week, the programme where we have a look at the print media here in County Clare, the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo, and we have a look and see what they're talking about this week. And we're very strong supporters here of the print media in County Clare and we urge everyone to support them because they're absolutely brilliant and uh, if we didn't have them we would be given out about it. So um, go out there and have a look and at the print media the, uh, and over the next few days and over the next week and um, we might give you a few tips and maybe what to read. Anyway, we're delighted to welcome you back. We have most of our panel uh, today. First of all, uh, David Fleming. David, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, Jim. And we have Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're welcome. Thanks, Jim. We don't have John S. Uh, he's away um, today. So uh, I suppose in his place today, a very good substitute, is Anthony Lenhan. Anthony, you're very welcome. Thank you, Jim. Back again. It's not your first time first being time. here. So, looking at the stories today, I suppose we might as well start in the front page where we usually do. And uh, the Pat, wheelchair user has to pay to get out of bed. Yeah, Dan Jenner has the story here on the front of the Clare Champion. Cliffs of Moha Walker appeals for culture change around disability. And an assignment wheelchair user with multiple cellulosis has been forced to pay almost 60% of her weekly disability allowance on private care so she can go to bed at night. Trish McNamara, 52, requires assistance to get into bed, but was recently informed by the HSC that it doesn't have, have anyone available to put her to bed for six out of the seven nights in the near future. This leaves the disability activists with two choices, sleep in her wheelchair, running the, the risk of sores in her skin, leading to ill health and hospitalisation, or pay 102 euros out of her weekly 175 disability allowance for a private person sister which is currently for which she is currently forced to do mm -hmm. so it's it's um i suppose you know somebody who has special needs sometimes i suppose they can be invisible pat to most of us uh in well, well, in normal I, society and i think i think ireland um, in general has, has, has a poor account on, on, on disability and uh, most of the people and even even you'll, you'll see um parents with children in wheelchairs, and they have, they're, they're, they're fighting for their life hmm. every day of the week for, for, for services. Hmm. And um, I, yeah. I, I think it, it, can, it can be approved in an awful lot of ways. I know maybe there, maybe there is, um, uh, maybe there is advances being done, but... But is it, it, it's a state of mind as much as, yeah. as, as finance. Yeah, I'm just wondering, David, you know, in my primary school days, every single year, where we had children with disabilities in school of one form or another, the, you know, it was my experience that the parents were continually at war with the powers that be to get something. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether that same would be in third level or not. Yeah. Now. Uh, it is. It's everywhere, Jim, isn't it? I mean, it's every, in every walk of life, people with, with any sort of disability, whether it's in, in this unfortunate case in a wheelchair with autism, um, you, you can't get peak places in schools. Uh, we have a disability service, um, and I think anybody who registers with it gets the service. But, I mean, this, this is a very unfortunate. To think that this woman would have to sleep in a wheelchair if she wasn't able to pay for private care. Mm. The, uh, the problem is she got this service in the past. 
She said that uh, for five years, Trish received about 46 HSE personal assistance hours a week. So it wasn't as if she's looking for this. She had it and was, was taken away. Um, so is it a matter of money? Is it a matter of priorities? But as Pat was saying, Jim, we, we don't have a good record, I don't think, in this no. country. We, hmm. as, you, as you say, people are kind of blind. We, we the, the people who are not disabled, are kind of blind to it, unfortunately. Yeah. You yeah. have to be pointed out to it. Um, and this lady is walking as well. She walks in the cliffs of Mohawk as well. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, it, it makes So, someone who's contributing to society. society. And she's like, like, you know, it's, when you're on a wheelchair, it's difficult to get into work. Yes. Get to get to like that, and there's great credit to Well, the, the obstacles that she would have to overcome. overcome yeah. Yeah. The HSE well, said that it doesn't have anyone available to put her to bed for the near future. You wonder what's that about? But I suppose maybe there is a problem with personnel. But I would be inclined to agree. It's only one, I suppose, I'm close to um, a disability myself, or I have it myself, that I actually appreciate it. I was talking to someone recently, and they actually said they had a bias against people in wheelchairs. And uh, she was honest enough to say that. But she said it wasn't until she broke her, she broke, I think, a toe and one foot, and then she broke another toe and another foot. So she was going around Garth Aldi in boot and some other kind of a crutch or something and then she appreciated mm. this lady's in her 70s now she was, mm. but she was very honest in what she said mm. yeah wh what she could see then other people mm. who were struggling in that same boat so yeah it's a thing maybe it's a historical thing we have that we didn't want to kind of look too much at um, people who were different I suppose yeah but it's what? something hopefully that it can be sorted for this well, I, I know particular America, lady I'm an American gym and, and I've experienced with well well, if you if you have any kind of a, a, a disability, you 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 are whipped up to the front yeah, of the yeah, up yeah. to the front of the queue. Yeah. You're you're yeah. you're you're forced in the way, and you're looked after very well. It could be a very simple thing. How to open a door? Mm. The yeah. doors in many of our public buildings and in our schools yeah. are enormously heavy. Yeah. And even for an able-bodied person, it's sometimes mm. you need to have a good bit of strength. Now, mm. for a wheelchair user or a person on crutches, like Anthony has mentioned. That's very difficult, and yet we don't kind of think of it. It's only in the last few, um, last year or two, Jim, that I've noticed some additional doors in the university where you can now just press the button and it'll open mm. automatically. Mm. But they're rare. Yeah. I came across a situation recently where somebody, somebody rushing to go to a shop, and they rushed up, parked their car, as we all do now, mm. to go into the shop. Um, and just after they left their car, mm. uh, somebody came who, who had difficulty in, he was in a wheelchair mm. and um, the person was parked right over the ramp that gets from the road up to the footpath right do you know and yeah. it's and look i'm not blaming anyone because we were we could all do it rushing but this person then was there in the wheelchair stuck and stuck and yeah. couldn't get up on the path yeah. For the simple reason that somebody had parked, yeah, you know, and there was nothing bad intended or anything. Yeah, but, but we it, just have to think. I mean, we those, just have to think. Yeah. Those in paths are there for, for in, a reason. Even sporting organisations too should, should, should remember about where people would, would, would like to go along to a match. Like if you go into Cusick Park, and there's, there's about two places there uh, near the front, and um, you, you have a long ways to go. To get in, and uh, there was a big battle there when they when they were re redesigning Cusick Park there a couple of years ago. 
There was a big battle in the trying to get a couple of places to publish some Hillary people. Yes. At Neaton's, yes. there was a few county board meetings and there were harsh and heavy mm. when people were And people in. who are disabled mm. enjoy games as much yeah, as anybody. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat, why do you think, I mean, it's obvious, isn't it, that if it's raised at a meeting, God, you'd say, let's sort that problem out. That's not fair. Why do you think there was opposition? It's it costs extra money as well, David, to do it yeah, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. That's part of it, probably. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. I suppose some people maybe don't just uh, think about, uh, mm-hmm. about, uh, about the facilities that, that should be made available for those people. Mm-hmm. I'd say there could be something that, you know, the, our society is more and more gone highly competitive. And I think a lot of people uh, in those situations, the disabled people on their own, they're being left behind very much. Yeah. I would say a lot of yeah. the amount of, I'd say, depression and isolation now in the country, especially mm. since that COVID set up, as yeah. I'd say it's huge. And that, that might feed into it a little bit. Mm. We just kind yeah. of get on with life and get ahead. Yeah. And, yeah. and forget about people with disabilities. Well, there can be a touch of it. I'm, I'm thinking, mm. I would imagine, I, from what I've heard of, say, Scandinavia and countries like that, they seem to have the opposite way of going. And mm. we, we, I think we always had a bit of a of a poor record anyway in, in this yeah. regard of people who would be um, mm. different. Okay, I suppose on a related topic, um, there's a number of hospital stories. Mm. Looking at page 16 of the Clare Echo, and it said, Donnelly called on the prospect of the Ennis Hospital upgrade. Parik has a story there, and there's a, a photograph there of the, um, the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, mm. presumably recently at a um, Anthony, do you want to...? Yeah, I mean, it seems black and white from what he's indicating. He's, he's, he's not for budging on that, I'd say, Donnelly. Um, it's, it's fairly clear that, uh, you know, the, uh, the idea of, of um, all this overcrowding at UHL is, is, is I don't know where, where it's going to go, but it's, 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 it's definite from what he's saying. You would definitely say from the pieces here, that are the, the paragraphs that he's... He's, he's not going to make any move in regard to mm. helping Ennis out, as we might hope. See, the big problem, isn't it, in, if Limerick was working, there would be no problem. Because it, if Limerick was working... It's a big if, isn't it? Yeah, it is a massive mm. if. It needs to get so many things right. The number of staff, the number of beds, the proper resources, and the proper deployment of those resources. That then is, is forces people like us to say, well, listen, if Limerick can't sort it out, well, get Ennis up and running, and that should sort out. I mean, it's maybe a bit simplistic because you still would have to do the resources, yeah. have the resources yeah, in place, yeah. in Ennis, and that costs money. Mm-hmm. And you can see, I can see the argument, listen, if there is, if there is a specialist in Limerick mm-hmm. who, which is dealing in emergency medicine and they're being paid 200,000 a year, um, you know, better to have them there for the region rather than another one in, in Ennis or Nina. I can, I can understand that. But as you say, it's not working. It isn't working. That's the problem. Yeah. It was set up as a centre of excellence, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, you see, they set it up and they didn't, uh, and they closed the old places and they didn't, uh, they, they hadn't put yeah, the yeah. And they're still trying to catch up. Work yeah. Yeah. But, and they're not catching up. And they're not catching they're, up. they're actually falling behind. Yeah. And, uh, well, I was talking to somebody um, during the week who had a procedure that needed to be done and they went to Limerick and they were faced with a few days wait mm, yeah. inside Limerick mm, yeah. and the, the daughter 
picked, picked them up, drove to Balnasloe, Port Junkala Hospital. They were out of there in a couple of hours really? with mm. the thing done. Right. So I mean, not every hospital no, is, no, is, no. has the problems that Limerick no. has. Yeah, and Limerick is and, and well, yeah. nothing seems to, it's not, certainly nothing, I'm not saying nothing is being done about it, but it's not working. It's not working. And we've known it's not working now for, for years. For years. Well, uh, I heard it on the radio today, but of course, the clock has a legal supply of, um, of very uh, powerful men in the door. <laughs> the door in the UN, uh, University Hospital in Cork, they had um, queues. And what did they do? They opened Mellow and they put, they put up their services to in Mellow to alleviate what's happened down in Cork. Yes. Yeah. Well, that is, that is a clever way of doing it. I mean, whatever it is, whether it's an ideological decision that Ennis shouldn't be opened or that Nina shouldn't be opened up to relieve the pressure, I think is an emergency. A bit yeah. like what Pat has... That sounds as if that was an emergency situation. On an emergency footing, can we uh, open up some hospitals to relieve Limerick's pressure until Limerick can get it right? Yeah. 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 There's, there's a couple of headings there on page 7 and the champion as well. A walk on UHL's 96 bed block will take two years to complete. Yeah. And, 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 and Pat, that is 96 private beds. Yeah. These are not public beds. Yeah. So, I mean, nobody has a problem who has private health insurance because no. they can buy their yeah, yeah, yeah. help mm. and their assistance. But it's the people who can't afford it. Afford that's it, the yeah. problem, mm. isn't it? it is, yeah. So that's not going to help Limerick's problem. Yeah. That is just simply going to facilitate private healthcare. And 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 there are companies we see them advertised on on um, on our television, the private VHIs and the layers and all those people who are actually setting up their own hospitals now. Mm -hmm and their own emergency centres. And that's fair enough, we're in the market economy. And there is a, there but is it's a, not helping the general body mm, of the there public. There is a private uh, hospital going to be built out in Bellisine and there, and then right out, out, that, out that area. Yeah. Yeah, permission got to build a big yeah. hospital there, a uh, private hospital. Uh, okay. Donnelly claims advances on uh, overcrowding um, issue at UHL, so he's, he's claiming that those advances... Well, he can claim on, he likes <laughs> way, way, I mean, the proof <laughs> of the pudding is, is in the... You know, the, the service the provided. Services, yes. Yeah. Okay. Can we talk about a good news story? Um, David loved talking about this. Shannon Airport. <laughs> uh, I see. First of all, on the Clare Echo, it's in both papers uh, this week. But on the Clare Echo, uh, it's on the front of the Clare Champion as well. One million plus passengers use Shannon in the year to September, which is brilliant. Yeah. And there's an um, uh, an interview or a piece by again Parik McMahon in the Clare Echo. I, on page 10, and they talk about a USP, and I never knew what a USP a was. A unique selling point. Exactly. <laughs> it's business. It's, um, uh, it's what, our, what consultants really like to use, and other people in the marketing world. And I wonder what Scarlet Bay Community Radio's unique selling point is. I suppose it would be that we reach into local people's minds and houses and uh, and provide the news for this for this program. Yeah, it's one million plus passengers use Shannon in year to September. It's Owen Ryan has it on the Clare Champion. 
Yeah. And it's probably Porig. Porig has it on page 10 in the in the echo. In the echo. Yeah, full page, um, yeah. And it says here, up to the end of September this year, one million, slightly over a million, let's call it a million, passengers had come through Shannon Airport. This represents 82.4% of the amount it carried in the first nine months of 2019, the last full year before COVID-19 shut down aviation across the world. Now, reading, reading that, it would suggest to me that we're just getting back to 2019 levels, that there's a bit of a spin here now. The champion has put a bit of a spin on this, um, has made it a little bit more positive than it actually is. Mm. That going on the basis, you know, up to September, one million passengers, it represents 82% of what it was in 2019. So you'd be hoping maybe Christmas now <laughs> will, will boost it up to over 100%, but it suggests to me that Shannon has has recovered to where it was, but hasn't expanded. Yes, and, and I yeah, suppose it, that's not a bad thing. Well, it's not a bad thing. In no. the first, in the first, where it was coming from. In the first three yes. months of the year, to see you heard you heard, you heard um, the the Omicron variant, and there was certain restrictions for very early parts of the year. So since March, they, uh, um, they, ha they have been they have been doing very well. So yeah. hopefully, no, that's a good point, Pat, and yeah. uh, and they highlight in the Clare Echo. The, 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 we'll say the unique setting point that the, there isn't the same restrictions with um, with liquids yeah, yeah. And, and that yeah I went through it not too long ago it was just wonderful and I thought to see the see the crowds yeah, yeah. Uh, just a few weeks ago it was really uh, yeah. great um, there's a lady living near me and she was uh, she's working there she was um, there during the COVID and she was the only person and she said it was like a ghost town you know the the way yeah. it was set up, and um, during that period, some poor fella, um, I think it was a, was he Polish? He was working out in one of the stores, he got a heart attack and died, and nobody um, could reach him. They didn't, because normally, normally back to normal now, I suppose, people would be moving back and yeah. forth on the corridors. And yeah, it was so quiet. So, it's so, so quiet. quiet. It was like a, yeah. a But when I was uh, travelling through Anthony with, um, just uh, there in the last few months, yeah. I actually noticed the car park was full yeah. and the other car parks that they had. So do they have the capacity um, to even expand beyond current numbers? It would be yeah. a question that we could put to the CEO of Shannon, mm. uh, Shannon Group if, if our sh uh, the airport. Up, there was up to three million uh, there uh, at, some say, at some stage back, back before yeah. so in, the, must, in, in the Kelsey Tiger thing. Yeah. So they must have mm. the space. So have I mean, there is an interview there with the CEO of Shannon Airport Group, Mary Constantine, on page 10, um, Porrick's piece, as you were referring to there. Um, and it's great to see. And while we have the great facilities in the airport, like the no liquid thing, mm. good. we need the flights now. Mm. Mm. That's the key thing to get bring people from a much wider hinterland. Yes. Well, that wider hinterland, I, I presume a lot of people should obviously I'm stating the obvious from Galway, for instance, and it's a great facility for anyone in Galway. But even I heard some time back, maybe you heard this as well, um, people in Dublin, like Shamrock Rovers, for instance. Yeah, I think they're still doing that. Their flights to Europe and that they were simply coming to Shannon. Yeah, it's quicker yeah. to drive down the motorway and 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 go <laughs> through Shannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I suppose you'd be looking at we'll say the whole Midwest area into the Midlands. Mm. I mean, we'll say Knock is going to cover 
a certain amount, of, a, a good few flights yeah. in Connacht. And, yeah. you know, it's just, I see they're 20 euro to Edinburgh. There you go, you see. And they're they're offering Ryanair. You've heard me say this before, and listeners would have heard me say before, we probably have too many airports in the country. We have mm. Kerry, Shannon, and Knock, all on the west coast. Mm -hmm. Can I just point out... Um, and Cork as well. And and right well, I'm putting, <laughs> I'm putting that in the south coast. <laughs> and you definitely need one in the south coast. <laughs> there's one in Waspham, there's one in Waspham, but it doesn't open yet. But Waterford would be more central, wouldn't it? Uh, but just, just seeing how, how the airlines think, think on this, said it here in, in Porrig's piece in the Clare Echo, an incentive scheme agreed with Shannon Airport has regularly been cited by Ryanair management as a big influence when it comes to adding more routes. Mm. It's part of the armory used by Shannon Airport Group to grow its offering, Mary commented. So that's the world they live in. It's a bit like the IDA attracting big business into Ireland. You have to offer incentives. Mm. Um, so Ryanair has been won over to a certain extent, and I suspect maybe that's why United Airlines are offering a flight now to Chicago. But do they have enough, you know, have they got enough? And I suppose you don't know that until the flights come in. No. And, and you, you know. And we'll never know the deals. Oh, no, absolutely not. No, and the chairman, the chairman, uh, Conrad Hinnery, he, he worked for, he worked for Ryanair for, are you saying, what, what, what are you suggesting there, um, Pat? <laughs> We're not suggesting a cosy cartel, but... I'm just suggesting we? maybe that um, it would be better having uh, friendly with Michael O'Leary. Yes, yeah. Well, he uh, knows this, how the system how works. Yeah, yeah, works. Yeah, and that's the key yeah. point. And I suppose the other thing as well with Ryanair and Shand at the moment is that uh, they have uh, the new aircraft was it the aircraft based in Shannon, yeah. but also the aircraft maintenance facility, um, which they have opened yeah, yeah, over the 200 last there, yeah. 200 yeah. people. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it's fully operational yeah. yet now, but yeah. I mean, that's another very positive thing. And, and Pat always wants, wants advertising in America to, about Shannon being the wild Atlantic way. And it does seem here is, according to Mary Constantine, Tourism Ireland's $1 million campaign in the United States is pushing Shannon Airport as the gateway to the Wild Atlantic Way. has been very helpful, she admitted. So she's obviously been listening to you, Pat. Mm. Yeah, there's another just story there, push for public service of the gate between Shannon and Shipford. Typically, Crow, Carl Crow, was speaking in the door, and I think Michael McClare said he would discuss it with Jeffrey Nocton and Eamon Ryan and, and, and he would be looking favourably at it. And so a public, that would, that's, uh, yeah, a public service obligation then is when uh, it would be subsidised, subsidised by the state. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay, we'll go on. Um, okay. We're getting through stuff this evening now. Wind farms. Mm. Um, the wind farm rears its head again and during the week we might have seen the wind farm off the east coast. Well, I got, we, were, we were on fire, that's right, with the lightning that we, we... We never thought of that when we were proposing to have them out. But I always thought these wind, these wind turbines had, had the little spiky thing at the top which would conduct the, the lightning. lightning. They don't, they, it appeals, they, they, get, they get struck. I have an expert on it on the radio yesterday about it, and he said... They, they get struck on a regular basis, really? but they, they don't go on fire. 
And the joke this, this is the first time that the <laughs> it's just lo- unlucky that the Irish won. This one went in yeah. fire, yeah. But yeah. they said they get stuff like that. It, 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 it makes sense because they're the only high structure yeah. out in the sea. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, Jim, the problem here is page two of the champion. Objectors to consider legal options hmm. against wind farm. And this is the one we'll say we call it facing Budike. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's the, the one on the slopes of the Schlieve Barnas, close to Budike. And uh, there is a pub- deputy Michael McNamara has arranged a public meeting at the Cobbler's Rest in Badike to allow those who objected to the development to examine their next course of action. And uh, on, it says here on September 29th, we've, we've mentioned it um, when it came through a few weeks back, on board Panala grant permission for, 19, for the 19 turbines on a site of 750 hectares, visible from Fecal to stretches of Loch Derg. Um, it had been appealed, it had been granted planning permission by the council, it had been appealed to Umbord Panala, Umbord Panala granted it. Mm. So really the only option now for objectors is to take a judicial review to the, uh, to the courts. Which will cost money. Which will cost a lot of money, but they'll also have to come up with a very good legal argument. Yes. Mm. So in other words, they'd have to say that something was amiss exactly. in, in that, the determination of the the application exactly yeah. that the process yeah. carried out by Umbord Panala or the council uh, they didn't follow the procedures or they didn't dot their eyes and as we know if they don't that's as the courts very quickly do throw out these things if everything isn't um, is dotted but mm. it'll be interesting um, he's deputy McNamara says here that a large number of people across a wide area objected to this development um, I suspect there was a good, show, a good show of people who supported it as well. Um, but anyway, among those who objected to the wind farm, which is backed by Future Energy, a joint venture between Quilcha and the ESB, was Conrad Romberger and his wife Uta, the couple who live close to Ogunolo, raised concerns about the environmental implications. The only issue there is you can raise those objections at the council stage and on board Panala but that won't wash it in the courts, hmm. would be my view. Yes, yeah. So it's, and I suppose there will always be objectors, you know, people don't like these machines near them. But on the other hand, um, if, if it yeah. gets through, then the yeah. judges will have to decide yeah. it. Okay, we, we spoke a moment ago about the, uh, the um, windmill that was hit by lightning off the east coast. A kind of a linked story is that there's a red alert in, as Clare firefighters threaten industrial action. And mm-hmm. that's on the front page of the Clare Champion. So that would be um, a worrying development <laughs> if, yeah, if yeah. our firefighters mm. weren't working. Yeah, then, 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 as the story there, um, severe disruption of Clare Fire and Rescue Services looks likely after the Union Service intention to conduct a ballot for industrial action on behalf of local firefighters on October 26th. The vital life-saving service may be curtailed unless Clare County Council can, re- can address the re- recruitment and retention crisis affecting the local retained fire service. Mm. So, it's interesting, it's curious um, what, the, what the actual problems are. It's, it's, it's recruitment and retention, so mm. recruiting new staff and actually retaining them. We know there's a problem in the in the army as well about retention and like is it a matter of wages? Is it a matter of working conditions? I wonder what it actually is. But you know, firefighters do play an, a, a, 
a vital role. A vital role, whether it's actually in the main task of, 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 of fire and water issues and flooding, but also at accident scenes. Mm, that's right. Yes. That's where you more often see them. Yes, that's um, right. So and it's, it's, it's a serious one. Yeah, it's yeah. a tough job that any of us who've ever seen yeah. them, mm. you know, at an accident, or, mm. or it's it's a really tough it job. Is. Mm. And I mean, any of us who have, you know, had the benefit of their skills at various things like a chimney fire or something like yeah. that will or be fires in the bog. Far, yes, will be very appreciative of them. And just there on the on the wind as well, Jim. Clear TD to back to it. To back build to retain controversial Gary Bryan wind farm. Yes. So there's a group of senators there. They're, they're, um, they're putting together a bill and a motion to go to the Senate to um, retain the, 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 the Gary Bryan wind farm. And then there's another man over here, Carl uh, to get wind farm operational again. Again, is the model an illegal state special group? And that's the other side of the story. That's the other side. Of the story. Yeah, you see, uh, Collins. I don't think a bill would do it. Um, listeners might be familiar with it at this stage because we've discussed it before, but the European courts have ruled against Ireland. So a national piece of legislation won't, won't, do. won't, won't do it. No. So uh, f fair play maybe for trying, but is it just... I don't know. We do see in Germany, of course, um, the German government, because of the energy crisis over there, are now bringing out, bringing, taking the mothballs out of the, out of the uh, coal-fired yes. burners yeah. and, and are keeping the nuclear ones going mm. as well, which is a big reversal, but they are in a major crisis. And, mm. and I think and we're going to spend 325 million on, um, on jet engines to, to uh, back up our, our services for the next, next three or four years. Yeah, and, and I mean, there's talk of, you know, the, well, there was talk of possibility of power cuts during the winter. Mm. Um, now, hopefully that won't happen, mm. but, you know, and to close down a site then like, like Derry Bryan, you know. Now yeah. these, 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 uh, these ones they're bringing in, as Cashman's given us 25 million, they won't be, they won't be available until next winter. Yes. So I don't know if we've got to do this winter. If we've You'd switch on Derry Bryan, Pat. On the You'd go <laughs> right. up some night and switch them on. <laughs> well, I think it's actually crazy. What I would agree with those people that it's actually crazy what they'll do. Yeah. And I agree with Michael Mack because he said, he said it's crazy. You, you go up and sleep there and you start thinking it out and you, you will place up here and you start thinking sure they should have never done it. Day. You see, that was the problem. Mm. And it's kind of rewarding bad behaviour. It is, but looking at the national interest and the energy yeah. situation mm. of the country, mm. in the short term anyway. In yeah, the short term, it might, it might just mm. get away with it. But. What becomes of the different parts to these windmills in Derry Bryan? Can they be reused? Or? I don't know. There's between 70 and 200 million worth of equipment up there now yeah, on, so what the, on the side of the hill. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I have a question for you, Anthony, because we always give difficult questions to anyone who comes <laughs> in. Yeah, thank you, what have the nuns got that the GA doesn't? Charm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And access to a superior power. Next what, question. Yeah. What, what do you make of the of the the rezoning? I suppose they put they put their plan in in in, uh, in place, and they they obviously forward thinking for themselves and um, they've got their plan is paid dividends isn't it? I mean it seems like that uh, 
they're it's getting what the GA want. Yeah. Well, the GA have been turned down anyway. Well, yeah, eventually, yeah. The GA have been turned down anyway, so the players must be working. They must yeah, be working, okay. yes. Yeah. What do you think of the idea of, of building on that land there? You know it well, Pat, in Kirkcastle. I do, yeah, but I, I'd say that was passed as a motion at a convention to, to do that, and um, they wanted to centralise um, in, in, in uh, Carlone. Yeah. And uh, build up the facilities there up to the proper standard, the not up to the proper standard. Now they they made a million euros on a house in the Hinch during the summer. Um, that was that was before before cost it, uh, but uh, I, I don't know really. I suppose I just passed it as a convention anyway, so I don't know. But it, it doesn't seem to uh, yeah. to, to, to um, going to be of any benefit to. No. Till now, the way the council don't seem to have to be. We'll still be training in yeah. in Kirkcastle in Clare Abbey for a while. Okay. And the, and the nuns seem to the players seem to have go well for them. It does. Uh, Pat, we're we're at the halfway point in the program, and as our resident DJ, uh, what are you going to? Uh, what delights have you for us um, while we relax before part two? Last week, of uh, course, last Saturday, Jim, we had a, there was a big day in. in, in in Cusick Park, and we, we must congratulate Scarra for Bundler on their third, third uh, county championship in, in four years. And um, it's here on the paper, um, one winner has a historic back to back senior title for Scarra for Bundler. So we'd have. Um, yeah, and we didn't mention it last week because even though when we were recording last week, the match hadn't taken place, yes. but by the time we went to air, uh, it was over, so but we obviously didn't know yeah, the result. There's another one there, um, the manager reaction. Um, they are an exceptional group. They, they are made for the hurling, um, says Rogers, and that's um, Elfie, yes. who is the manager. And one has that story as well. So we have Tina Turner, simply the best. That's what they are. Thanks, Pat. very welcome back you're listening to local media this week on scarif bay community radio and pat's choice there was simply the best by tina turner and pat dedicated that i think before the break to the camogie girls of uh scarif ogunlo who are county champions back-to-back -back county champions and their third title in four years um it it was a great uh Occasion, I suppose, Pat, for for the East Clare Club. Oh, it's marvellous, uh, and 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 back-to-back -back titles as well uh, against uh, Trukhlanera. So, you know, you'd imagine when Trukhlanera came out of Bradford last year after the leap there, that that anyone thinking that mind that would be back in the final and maybe to win it this year. But um, and they they were going very well all the year. They were going very well all the year. But I was see, Scarlet, this is our third title, Jim, and you know they they know you you know how to win. And uh, to have to make a breakthrough, uh, like Trukhlanera didn't have a, didn't have a, a final one. You know, I know there were some of the media people maybe saying that uh, they were favourites and that, but mm. when you have when you have when you have one on, when you have a couple on the old belt and a couple of monster clubs, 
you know, the experience is there and they know how to win the, the management as well. So experience is one thing, Pat, but what, what do you think is, are the other ingredients to the success? I should look at the, I suppose they have the better players and they, they took the chances when they, in the first half, really. Mm. You know, they yeah. had to win the course in the first half and they, they, they built on that and they built a big score. So when you're, when, you're, when you're behind and when you're trying to come from behind to win it, it's difficult. Mm. Mm. And I suppose, Pat, it's, it's a combination of, of good players, yeah. you know, good management over good the management, years, yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. good structures in the club so, as well. Yeah, and good commitment from the, from the players. From the players, yeah. 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 It's mm. a huge momentum, <coughs> huge momentum. And I suppose, yeah. you know, I suppose we can't forget as well that, you know, Scarif or Ogunlo were, you know, reached a couple of semi-finals and, were, and lost them. Yeah. Uh, in the years leading up yeah. and even they, they they won the intermediate at one stage qualified for senior but they went back down again mm. so I mean it's it's been it's a tough take, fight take, yeah, it takes a bit of time to build up it, it does it does, it does. Mm. Yeah, anyway just at the Haven here in the Echo uh, Park has their Sierra for one of the players stand tall so that's you know that's a good that's a good um, heading for for the way what uh, out their experienced players too yes. hard. And of and course, just, they uh, had, uh, any applause scanner for one of the desire to be to, in back to back titles with Cesar. You know, so Kira does a picture there, Kira Dyle and Andy Dallas with the McMahon Cup. Yes, and I suppose the the jerseys they had, uh, Pat, that that they wore in the final. Couldn't but uh, bring them a bit of luck. <laughs> yeah. Big uh, Scarif Bay yeah, Community yeah, Radio across the front, yeah, yeah. and I would, you know, more charm. We've had a, had a question during the week about our, do we sponsor Scarif Ogunlo, and we don't. No. Um, but Scarif Ogunlo Club, we're getting a new set of jerseys, and because of the way Leo and Pat and the lads um, support the Camogie, they wanted to put Scarif Bay. On the front of their jerseys. It was a lovely so. gesture. I have to. I've. You'd rarely see that now in this commercial age. Yeah. That uh, yeah. a team like that. I mean, it just goes to show you that the value those girls and the management team there have for the radio. It's very nice and uh, yeah, you've, well done to them. You've won Brennan there as well. Um, own a historic back-to-back senior title for Scarborough. I think we mentioned it before. And, and there's a picture. There was a picture there of all the girls and they're celebrating there with the cup. Yes. So What's no. wrong with the boys is the problem. Um, why, aren't, why aren't any of our men's teams doing any, anyway yeah. good? Yeah, a lot of East Clare teams are, are not doing as well uh, in the hurling. You know, a lot of, it, it was um, two East Clare teams were, were relegated, yeah. relegated from senior this yeah, year. You will tie down as well, Jim. You will tie down to Bartles like, like the Bellier. Bellier brought a team and they pick up from a lot of East Clare. They're going from outside Innes down to Lopid. Yes. <laughs> and thinking, fellas, like the, when, when they played those, now, I'm not complaining about it, they played those and we played them in the first round. And I picked out nine, nine players that were running from Belay on, on, on their first 15. And why is that allowed, Pat? What well, do you mean you're not complaining you, about it? You, you, uh, you <laughs> I think he is. Anthony, I no, think you, you can pick uh, isolated players from other clubs, you see. But you can't do it here because uh, we can't go to Bradford to go pick an isolated player because they have a team of their own and scale up a gun there. Whereas teams, in, team teams in West Clare would be football only. I see. So they, so they can go and pick whomever they, pick they like. You, you, you but are you saying then, Pat, that that is actually unfair? Well, in a sense it's unfair, but uh, the, the, that's the rule. I asked, I, I, I brought up the questions at a recent meeting of our own club 
and many isolated players you can have in those Olympics at the moment. But there is the opinion then, Pat, that, that, that until East Clare clubs start to amalgamate, mm. we will not win a senior yeah. hurling championship, championship back here. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be difficult to know from where Jim and this. See, there's going to be like no. clubs aren't going to amalgamate that easily. I don't no, absolutely. And they're not. all building up their own facilities and everything like that. And that's right. Trying yeah. to build. And there's know. more to a club as well than simply winning the senior championship. There is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know? mm. Okay, we'll go on. Pat, the mills. Uh, is turning into a suburb of, of where? I'm not sure. I don't know, with three houses. Dublin, <laughs> Dublin. <laughs> Maybe, Anthony, I should have gone to you, you on should, this one first. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we'll we have a metropolis soon enough. Yes. Uh, I mean, we're only short to post office, a shop. Um, okay, do you know what I mean? Yes. It'd be great to see houses coming because it's, it's, uh, it's like a lot of the villages, it's, it's struggling. So yeah. you can see that when you drive through. And, you and it's people make a place. Oh yeah, and like the amount of how I mean, I was out with my my bit of a cycle this morning, and the amount of cars that are flying through that village early mornings. Is, uh, so I mean, I think there's a shop there to make a mint. Yes. Yeah. But um, it's yeah, it's I don't know why. In saying back when houses were being built right left and centre in other places, you know, Celtic Tiger, and no, nothing much came to the mills. It was always a bit. But you, see, you have to you have the big problem with the and we have we have, we have uh, obtain tenants we have we have said it well the, there's no um, wastewater treatment in, in, in the villages yeah. so you, you and you have that you see all the places are going to struggle and not going to develop and there's actually bigger towns I heard there on the radio the other morning about it there's bigger towns now like like so the the the, the they were talking about some night where the, the wastewater was going into the, into yeah. the sea. It, it, Rings in, End. In, 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 yeah, in, in two big places. We, we, we are way down on the EU um, scale of being able to treat our wastewater. And our biggest, biggest uh, defaulter in this regard is Dublin and yeah. Rings End. And uh, but anyway, the work I understand is is going on. Mm -hmm. But in this case, um, Jim Fiona McGarry has the story there. Housing proposals for mills deemed to be too suburban. Just three houses are being proposed, um, and it's probably partly because they can't get any more than that. But uh, the planners, it's actually I would encourage listeners who are thinking about building to have a read of this article because it goes into a lot of detail about um, like meters higher than the road, the, the, the actual floor of the house, um, as opposed to the road. You get a sense of how the planners think. And they're thinking, they're, they're saying here, the look of these three houses is suburban and it's not what the village should look like. I mean, that can be often, often a subjective thing, but we have to follow whatever the planners are doing. Yeah. But any, anyway, um, it is a company owned by our a director, Councillor Joe Cooney is a director of this particular development company and um, according to the company they're very happy to make the arrangements mm. to get planning through so get going, yeah. um, it'll go ahead in some form or shape anyway. Yeah but it's the appearance of the houses as opposed to where they are. Exactly or, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. The, this is the type of thing now we would call conditions, conditions the conditions yeah. for planning. planning yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I suppose going somewhat south of our area, O'Brien's Bridge and Montpellier, and they're on either side of the River Shannon, yeah, and yeah. it's people often use that bridge as a way of avoiding the bridge at Killaloo. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
and there's two lovely villages, Irish and the Shannons of the gym there, uh, you have um, cross-border cooperation for 150,000 community centre plan, for Bridge and Montpelier, joint forces to transform national school into civic space. A voluntary group of members of Clare and Limerick have unveiled ambitious plans to spend 150,000 transforming a closed national school into a new community centre. Hush into the heels of the reopening of the, of the National Youth Walk in O'Brien's Bridge, O'Brien's Bridge Mount Pillar Community Group have turned their sights on completing an ambitious restoration project. So they have, they have a, new, a, new, a new committee there, and I think four from, from O'Brien's Bridge and four people from uh, Mount Pillar, and they're, um, they're going to look for grants and all that type mm -hmm. of stuff and redevelop the old school. There's a, a picture there with Paul Slashby and Val Mulready uh, there, and um, I suppose in the old school. And uh, I wonder, Pat, with, you know the way Kiriloo and Valna, and, and mm -hmm. they, they have cooperated for years, even though mm -hmm. there is a huge rivalry, right, yeah. but there's great cooperation as well. And mm -hmm. people from either side, you know, know each mm -hmm. other fairly well. Mm -hmm. I presume it's the same. I'd say the same as well. With O'Brien's yeah. Bridge yeah. and Montpellier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was a lot of debate the other time. The school closed because the, all the children would be taken to Castle Connell and, and Kiriloo. And, um, and uh, Bridgetown School, so um, I suppose the school was left there. I think they were using it for, um, for religious services. Yes. But um, they're going to do redevelopment now and bring it into modern. So we wish them the best of luck. In the, in the oh, yes, yeah. absolutely. absolutely yeah. And I presume Montpellier is in the Diocese of Killaloo. Yeah. I would it's imagine it probably is, because Castle Connell is, so yeah. they would have a certain amount in common. Well, we wish them all the best uh, down there. That's on page 13. Yeah, in, in the southeast clear, yeah, yeah. Dan has the story. And looking at staying with her, coming back towards Killaloo as well. Killaloo Sailing Club um, have, there's an article there about um, the facilities they have. That's right, Jim. Dan Danaher has this story. Uh, Killaloo Sailing Club shows off its new facilities at uh, RS Inlands. Um, and uh, they had a big regatta there last weekend. Notwithstanding the weather, as it says here, 30 plus not gusts on the lake. Can you imagine it? Um, of course, we can easily imagine it. Anytime the wind blows a particular way, you see a little, few little waves mm. in the, uh, on the lake. Um, but uh, they've, they have invested there over the last while and their new facilities are available. But the, most of that article is about the regatta and the people involved in it and who won it and the number of teams entered. So there was a 17, 17 boat strong, I don't know if that's the right way of putting it, 17 strong boat maybe, RS400 fleet kicked off the racing into mm. a challenging southerly beat. But Most of the sailors were used. Oh, sure, I know. <laughs> but if it's, it depends on which way you want to go and it yeah. depends on which way the wind is blowing. Yes. Um, so anyway, I didn't see it now myself, but it would be a wonderful sight to see the boats in, in full sail, wouldn't it? To see it any would. sailing boat down there from a height I've, I've seen recently now at night is stunning. Yeah. Just to see yeah. any few boats out there. Yeah. I think it's sailors. great that the lake Beautiful. is being used yeah. for things. Yeah. And I think it should be... I, I, I don't sail now myself, but uh, it is something I'd like to learn to do. Yeah, the, the sailing club up near us now, Kilarn Sailing Club, they built a new clubhouse there a couple of years ago as well. And uh, they, they have they've been an awful lot of people out on the, on the lake yeah. there in the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. It must be a great pastime. Yeah. It really yeah. must. Yeah. 
And Anthony, over your part of the country, I see the back page of the Clare Champion is uh, loaded with photographs from the Liam Moroni Memorial Tractor Run. Yes, that was last Sunday, Jim, and I think there were, I don't know, many tractors altogether. Was there 187. Up to 287. Mm. So it's a big success. I mean, it seems to be a great, a great fundraiser, a great opportunity for people to come together, obviously, and... Um, yeah, and the tractor community love it. They absolutely relish it. Yes. So there were uh, posters, I saw the posters prior to Sunday now. Um, uh, it just seems to be a wonderful thing as regards social contact and yeah. also obviously in aid of the, the, mm. the different funds. Thor cancer, yeah. yeah. Mm. Like, uh, and Declan, Declan actually, Declan Maroney is on one of the New York marathon as well. Okay. So they're having a, a sponsored um, a marathon up in the, in, in, in Bowles and Tuller and on tread and on treadmills. Oh, so will you be doing it past? <laughs> I won't six o'clock no, in the no, morning. We'll be doing twenty-six miles on, on a treadmill. I'd say you could do that. I'd say you could do that. We could always play our part. It'd be a tag, uh, kind of a baton race. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the, but the treadmill is two and a half thousand to enter the. You have to pay two and a half thousand to enter the. The New York Marathon. Have you? And, well, it's not an entry fee, but you, you, you paid for charities over in New York. Okay. You yes. know, so you have to come up with two and a half thousand to, yeah, to, to enter. Okay. Yeah. But the tractor runs are very popular, and sure. just looking at the photographs there, a lot of children and a lot of you know sons mm. and daughters of dad, or sometimes mum. Um, yeah. I see a woman there, uh, uh, Walter Moroni with his mum Carmel and her granddaughter Molly. So it's a very family, it's a family yeah, occasion. Yeah, because as well as I presume the people who take part, loads of people come out to watch. There is, and, and there's a picture there of spectators. Um, uh, notwithstanding the rain, it has to be said. There's four pictures inside in the, in the, in the town and country page as well. Moving on a bit, uh, Seed Savers had an event uh, launch of a book yes. uh, recently, and the book, well, the book is partially about Seed Savers. There's an article about Seed Savers in it, and uh, I, I just got a glance at the book now. I haven't read it, but uh, I've, I kind of flicked through it. So um, I know that the work Seed Savers do yeah. is, is unbelievable. It's on page six, Jim, and there's uh, four or five big fine photographs there as well of, uh, yeah. of all the people involved. Yeah. Page six of the, of no, the living, section, section, living section, yeah. and it's on uh, page 22 of, of the, the Echo. Heritage here was lauded in book. Yes. Fiona McGarry has the story. Okay, I'm conscious of time as well. Just looking on photographs, and we'd stick with photographs for a few minutes. St. Joseph's uh, Hearty Cup team had their celebration there on page 11. Yeah, and, and the, uh, yeah, the living section as well. Yeah, they're and, uh, a fine looking bunch of lads. And all there and uh, out in their, their, their suits hmm. um, at a, a function in Merkley Morris. He was the MC in the um, Woodstock Hotel in Innes. And, um, no better man. You had. Um, um, Brian, Brian, uh, Brian Lohan was into the middle of the night. Lovely. The, um, just since we're talking about photographs there, it's also uh, it's on page four of the Clare Champion. Uh, John Kelly yet again has uh, been honoured for, uh, for his photography. And I mean, John is, uh, John is known in every corner of, of County Clare. And he's, he's done some fantastic work both 
in the pages of the Clare Champion and in book form as well. Yeah, and this is actually the first time I think I've laid eyes on him. He's pictured here receiving the award uh, himself. You, you, we only see the benefit of his, of his work, but now you can see the man behind the, the lens. Um, it's great to see, and there's a beautiful picture there of the winning photograph, Sunset in Doolan. And, you know, it's not one of these calm scenes. It's the sea raging. Yes. And the sun setting behind the rage. But uh, um, it's, it's a remarkable photo, it has to be said. Fabulous photo. You'd nearly buy the paper for it. You would. You would. John's photography is absolutely brilliant. Actually, you can buy those photographs from the champion if you want to. Very good. And of course, don't they produce a calendar? Or they do, yeah. They? They yeah. Do, Based yeah. around a lot of these. I see as well, just I, I'm conscious of time now. Uh, we're on uh, the front of the Clare Living section. Uh, Sundays at Lena's, and there's a photograph there of Mary McNamara, Mary from um, Tolla, uh, who has taken by John Kelly, by the way, again. And uh, Mary has brought out a book. Uh, with a CD in it, uh, remembering all the people down the years who have who played music at Lena's um, on a Sunday afternoon, and uh, it's it's fabulous. We were at the launch in, in it was launched in Fecal this year uh, at the festival, and we have a recording made at the launch, and that will go out at four o'clock this afternoon. Excellent. Shortly, an hour after this program finishes. Yeah, and the book. Painstaking, it says here, transcription of 150 tunes and the CD with 29 sample tracks from the 50s, 60s and 70s. So it's a nice, it's a nice thing to be able to capture. Oh, it is. It's, it's absolutely fabulous. And you can get a, I would suggest anybody who's an interest in, in Clare music okay. yes. should, should get it. But well, can we tell the listeners, it says here at the end, anybody who can, wants to get the book, simply marymcnamara.net, so you can get it online or from Custy's in Ennis, and from custymusic.com. Mm. Very good. And Mary, Mary has been responsible for an awful lot of young people um, learning music in East Clare. She has her own um, studio in, in Tulla, mm. music um, classes, and, uh, and Pat, she's a I great know, musician. I know you want to plug uh, the launch of another CD um, by a man called Vincey Keehan. Oh yeah, Vincey, yeah, Vincey, Vincey Keehan. Um, That's in the from, living sec, page three of yeah, the living section. Yeah, Vincey, yeah. At the Henry native Fiona McGarry has a story here in the living section. Um, I suppose it's in the arts page, really. Um, at the Henry native is getting set to return from the West Coast of America to launch his debut album at a homecoming gig in Garth next month. Vincent has been living in the US for more than four decades, and his debut album, Great Highways, includes 14 tracks evoking memories of Ireland as well as cherished family and friends. Now, uh, now an adopted San Franciscan. San Francisco living in the sunset just like his wife, Missy, is a multi-instrumentalist and veteran of the city's thriving music scene. <laughs> and he's also a, a, a brother of, uh, of Mary, our own Mary Noonan, Mary who, Noonan who, 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 who was very much involved in the radio. In the radio. Okay, listen, we have to finish there. We've that's got, on in, in, we've in, in, in Garth, before we go to... <laughs> it's on in the, in the Great Lady Gregory Hotel in Garth, November 2nd. You must be getting five euro for every CD that's sold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, uh, thanks very much uh, to all of you. Um, David, Welcome. many thanks. thanks. Jim. And Pat. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Thank Anthony, Welcome, Jim. thanks for great to have you joining us today. And your programme, Anthony, will be coming up this evening. Tell us the name of it. 
one we recorded recently. Well, yes. Student, it's, it's called Especially Do Not Feign Affection. So it's ponderings uh, and things of the spirit. Of, uh, and that will be on at 7 o'clock this evening here on Scariff Bay Community Radio. Pat, what music have you to play out on? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll stay with the... If we have any time left. With the Camogie Girls. <laughs> and we'll have the, the winner takes it all. Lovely. Okay. Listen, thanks a million. We'll see you next Sunday. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Goodbye and God bless. I don't want to talk About things we've gone through Though it's hurting me Now it's history I played all my cards And that's what you've done too Nothing more to say No more ace to play The winner takes it all